Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Friends Show. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer, and today I'm joined by Mlondi Mbluli. Mlondi, how are you doing? Hi, Nick. Um, good to you, and it's a pleasure to be back. Very good to have you back with us. And we are also joined today uh, by our Supreme Leader, Dr. John Endres. John, how are you doing? All good, and I can only echo Mlondi's sentiments. Also really good to be back on the show. Um, and I've, I've had to give you a short shrift a few times now. It's always good to have you back as well uh, to give to give. I mean, and I'm not just saying that because I work for you, but also because you have many interesting things to say. <laughs> but let us dive into the news stories of today. Oh, yes. Before I did get to that, just a reminder to everyone that this is registration weekend where you can register to vote this weekend. Um, it is likely to be the last opportunity to register to vote because once the election date is declared, which will probably happen next week, you can't uh, add new names to the voters' roll. So I would strongly suggest that uh, if you love democracy, prosperity, freedom, and life, that you go out and <laughs> register to vote so that you can make your voice heard when the election rolls around, uh, probably in May this year, um, maybe later. But anyway. Uh, if I may add something in there, then Nick, sorry, you, you can check ahead, that online, ahead. right? Elections.org.za. Um, just check that Correct. you're still registered where you think you're registered because, you know, in yes. case records got changed and you suddenly find yourself having been moved without knowing, um, this is the time to find out. So, you know, just visit the IEC website and check it. You can also go down to the, um, uh, with your ID book to, to the local voting station and they will check it for you there um, if, if you want. Okay, um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the DA being accused of racism for the billionth time, uh, the ANC claiming that it has delivered on 90% of its election promises, and um, the uh, prospects of the multi-party charter taking some of the provinces. So let's start off with the first one, and this is a story that um, I actually haven't paid a lot of attention to until now, but uh, what happened was DA leader John Steenhuisen, who is out there campaigning at the moment, uh, told supporters on Saturday, so almost a week ago, that he didn't have a very high opinion of Panyazala Sufi's crime warden program. Uh, he, during his speech, he said, quote, What did Panyazala Sufi do? He took your tax money to buy ill-fitting pep stores uniforms for untrained cadres and pretend that they were crime wardens. What kind of person pulls a drunkard out of a shabine and gives him a uniform and a weapon and unleashes them onto the community? Um, this was posted on, on Twitter and uh, predictably um, people were angry on Twitter, but uh, the anger has received some sort of media attention. Um, the story that I'm actually reading this from describes the backlash as huge against Stian Hazen, accusing him of racism as uh, claiming that, I don't know, that uh, I think the claim here is that Stian Hazen was implying that black people can only vote, can only shop at PEP because they're too poor or something like that. Uh, Stian Hazen on Wednesday said that he really wasn't interested in apologizing because he thinks that we're missing the point here. He says, I don't think there's any reason to apologize. I shop at PEP. 90% of my daughter's clothing comes from PEP. I'm very proud to shop there. It's value for money. There's nothing racist about that. There was nothing racist about it when people said, calm your house, where's PEP's door camouflage? It's, it is into the South African lexicon. 
He went on to say that he believes the Pazniazal Sufi's crime warden program is essentially a private militia which is wreaking havoc in Gauteng. He claims that 22 vehicles have been crashed by the crime wardens, innocent people have been pulled out of their homes and beaten up, and real police officers have been physically attacked. He said, quote, this is a militia being run by Panyazala Sufi, and believe you me, it's not going to be a long time before they turn on politicians. Once they've finished with us, they're going to come for everybody else. We should be very worried about this private military. Um, this sort of coincides with some thoughts I had on the crime wardens back when, uh, I think last year, Panyazala Sufi was very upset with Becky Trele that uh, the crime wardens had not been given um, access to firearms, which is something he had requested. So, Mlondi, I think I'm going to start with you here. Um, Firstly, I mean, do you think what Stian Hazen said was racist? And secondly, um, and more interestingly, uh, do you think that the Crime Wardens program has been effective in Khateng from what you've read about them? Okay, so I'll begin with the first question. So is John racist? No, it's not. And, you know, like we see this all the time when it's a time for, uh, you know, for an, you know, for, for, an, for an election, rather. Like, uh, when the DA is always, you know, they always try to find that one thing that you know, they're trying to pin on the party for being racist, and now we've reached that time again. So I'd say if maybe, um, let's say, for example, uh, Julius Abalema, you know, he said this, I don't think that there would have been much of a problem on, you know, you know, on X, like we all like would have you know, uh, you know, laughed, but because it's John now, they're trying to find that one thing to say, no, he's racist, but uh, it's not racist. It's actually, you know, it's actually the truth. I mean, like what has the, uh, you know, the Amapanyas have done, you know, like they haven't done anything to like uh, help, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, tackle crime. So that's just also your second question. I think that, you know, like our crime is still pretty much high, especially, in, you know, in, in uh, Gauteng. And, and, you know, like, if you look at, you know, for example, uh, Gauteng and compare that to Cape Town, where there's a, a proper additional uh, police force called a leap, you, you know, like, you actually see that, that's a, uh, you know, that there's a difference in like, the crime rates, whereas in Cape Town, like, they have you know, a crime issue, but you see it's slowly uh, getting down, but in Gauteng, it's still high. And what have these guys achieved? Absolutely Nothing. So, yeah, I'll say it's a complete failure. No, I think that's a really good point you bring up comparing LEAP to the crime wardens in Gauteng because they're kind of the same idea, right? It's additional help for the cops. Um, but the sort of implementation here has been very different. Uh, you know, the, the LEAP guys seem, at least uh, from, from what I've read about them, much better trained and organized than the crime wardens. Um, John, what do you make of this? Um, the, this fuss here, I mean, is Steenhuizen correct to be uh, worried that this is a private militia forming by Panyazala Sufi? I think in the first place, he's absolutely right to be dismissive of uh, Panyaza initiative. And he's also right to use pointed language, you know. So it's, it's very, very uh, fine to use technocratic language and talk about, uh, you know, the law and the finances and the public finances and the effectiveness of a force like this. But sometimes to break through in the media space, you've got to make a remark that that is, you know, that, that gets people to sit up and pay attention. And I think that's what John Stiernhausen was doing. Um, he was using uh, exaggeration for effect and to generate impact. Um, and that, that's a legitimate tool, I think, of political communication. So I agree with Mlondi. Uh, it's not, not a racist comment, but uh, we are in the election silly season, as our other stories will also be showing. Now is the time, you know, <laughs> if you're a politician to say things which are, you know, slightly edgy, a little bit crazy, uh, and try to, to score points off your opponents. 
and the racism one, you know, we you can see it coming a mile away. If there's an election coming, there's going to be racism claims against the against the DA. That always happens, and I'm sure there'll be other ones. But uh, ultimately, as so often, that is a diversion and a distraction. And the key point really is, uh, you know, what is John Stiernhausen drawing attention to? Uh, and I think he's rightly drawing attention to a boondoggle of the ANC, uh, a pet project of, of the of the Premier uh, designed to uh, put some more people on the state payroll, uh, uh, maybe project force, maybe try to, you know, swing some votes in the election. But ultimately, it is a really uh, not... not uh, what is on the tin? It's not a it's not a police force. I think it's a personal project, and he's right to call it out. I very much agree. So you know, in in principle, I'm very on board with the idea of decentralized police, of having each province having its own sort of um, arm of cops to to deal with the problems that they deal with uh, in in the way that suits that province. Um, but the key here really is implementation. You know, I could go and give uh, a bunch of guys. Uh, some bucky shotguns and then just tell them to go around and clean up the streets and the result would probably be a human rights abusing nightmare <laughs> so I, I i think i think it's very important to to criticize these not so much the idea of having a decentralized police force here but having one that doesn't seem to be working very well um particularly if steenhausen is correct in some of the uh the stats he was talking about there in the incidents re regarding the crime wardens okay um Let's move on to our next one, I think. And this is, uh, you know, the ANC's election pitch this year. Um, it's been an interesting campaign in some ways in that I think it's been, it hasn't been too complicated. None of the parties have done, I think, something t t too complicated in their messaging. You know, the DA's campaign slogan is, I think, uh, for registration was register to rescue SA. Um, a lot of the parties are using quite dramatic uh, 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 lingo. Um, the ANC has so far talked a lot about grants. They've talked a lot about um, jobs, that kind of stuff. And as part of that, uh, Fakila Mbulula recently spoke to the media where he said that uh, the ANC was not particularly worried that it was going to have a bad election, that it had fulfilled 90% of its election promises set out in 2019, um, and that uh, the party he believed was in good shape to uh, get over 50% of the vote again. Um, John, let me start with you. It's kind of funny because I remember actually uh, recently that uh, Ramaphosa was admitting that the ANC had failed a lot of its own election promises. But that rhetoric seems to have changed rather sharply all of a sudden. Well, again, we're uh, going into the elections. Uh, now's the time to project confidence, to project performance and cap uh, capabilities. Uh, and that's what, what uh, Fikir Mbalula is doing here. But I think the credibility is lacking, we might say. Um, so I think most South Africans are not really in, in a space where they feel that there's been tremendous progress over the last five years or that the uh, governing party has achieved its targets. Uh, it also mirrors, in a sense, what we saw uh, Cyril Ramaphosa saying in an interview on Newsroom Africa uh, a few days ago, where he was put on the spot and was asked, you know, but what have you actually achieved over the past five years? And uh, he defaulted to things like, you know, fixing SARS, getting the NPA to work again, stopping state capture, but it's all not really credible. Um, so I think the ANC is still going to battle a little bit to, uh, to be persuasive in terms of its uh, performance and its delivery. 
But on the other hand, I'm also not detecting that much uh, voter enthusiasm at the moment. And maybe that is something we can still talk about as we come to the last story. Um, looking at the first registration week and now the second one coming on, uh, are we seeing people sort of really up in arms, you know, going to those voter registration stations, thousands deciding to, to make a change? I, I'm not really seeing that. So the ANC might actually be able to get away with this. You know, just claim everything's fine. Uh, we've been doing well. We'll continue to do well. Give us your vote. Uh, and and uh, they'll be back where they are. Nick? So this is an interesting question, Mlondi. Um, you know, in the last, in the local government election, we saw our lowest ever turnout for a South African election since 94. And it's fair to say that I think there was a fair amount of apathy. Now, low turnout can benefit the opposition um, because uh, generally speaking, historically speaking, South African opposition voters have tended to be more motivated to go out and vote than ANC voters. But there's an argument that one can make that in a sense, the ANC's biggest uh, help here will be the sort of general apathy of the population. You know, it's a very common sentiment out there in our our body politic that, ah, uh, oh, you know, all politicians are the same, all politicians are corrupt, uh, no one, there's no one worth voting for, that kind of thing. Um, do you think voter apathy uh, that John says that you might have detected a bit of is uh, is going to hurt or help the ANC? How do you think they're going to they're going to go? Do you agree with my my hypothesis there? Yeah. Well, Nick. This, you know, the, you know this is, uh, that I'm getting out in the streets is that people are really fed up of the ANC. You know, they are really fed up. Think about like these are the same people that have promised that they're going to end low shedding for like the past decade and more, in, in fact. And you know, these are the guys that keep on saying, "Look, we're going to get the economy, you know, uh, up and running." But look, uh, what I you know, what the IMF said on well two days ago, they said that the country's economy will grow. By one percent, which is like a zero point nine percent. I'm sorry, a zero point eight percent decrease compared to the figure that they estimated in October 2023. So I mean, the ANC is continuing to fail, and no person who has a working brain will, you know, would support failure. We want growth, and you know, people are just so fed up of the ANC. And I guess that that's the sense, you know, because before, in my younger years, before I could even vote, like you know, I whenever mean, it was time to go and. A register, you know, like I'd see people in ANC shirts, you know, like going out campaigning for the ANC. Even also like the problem of like the posters as well. Like I'm, it's quite surprising that the ANC didn't only put posters up until recently. But anyway, I just think that it's just it's, it's not the same. But uh, hopefully, I mean, hopefully, I hope that this will benefit the opposition. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to see that you know there really haven't been that many ANC posters. I mean, the ANC usually doesn't put up that many posters for registration weekends. But I, I agree with you. I've also been completely sort of shocked by the a sort of lack of ANC presence um, on on you know on the streets, which they're normally pretty good at. Uh, you normally see at least a couple. I think I've only seen one so far. And ANC registration posters, in my opinion, are usually never that good because it's always like. Uh, lots of writing and 1400 people, you know, representing every demographic you can imagine kind of in a picture together, all smiling. And it, it it's, doesn't really catch the eye. It just looks sort of like a bit of a blur, especially when you're you're driving. Um, I don't know, John, what do you make of the ANC's campaign so far? I, what's kind of interesting to me is that they, 
as far as I can tell, there hasn't been much new. A lot, you know, they've kind of done the greatest hits of ANC campaigns. Um, the opposition is racist and foolish. Uh, we given given everyone grants and build people houses and, and that kind of stuff. Um, where do you think their campaign's at on both a technical and a sort of messaging level? Yeah, I think so. So far, I would agree that it's been relatively low energy. Um, I wonder if that's going to change now. So I think Fikilu and Balula, for all his faults, has been quite good at, at, at firing up the ANC campaign engine in the past, uh, as Mr. Rasmut has. So they're probably trying to do that now. I think they were constrained by uh, not only lack of funding, but debt. Uh, and maybe they've solved that problem now. You know, as, as one of the viewers is saying in the chat, Grasshopper, they had no money to do that up until recently. It seems that they have managed to uh, fix their uh, financial problems. And it may well be that we'll now see you know, more, more visible presence, uh, more events, more uh, maybe, uh, what was it, shoe drives, shoe, shoe collection drives, shoe donation drives. Uh, food parcel drives, uh, ANC t-shirt drives, uh, in the hopes that that will make a difference. But uh, I think your, your overall, observation, overall observation is right, Nicholas, that there's not terribly much enthusiasm out there uh, amongst the voters. And for the political parties to inject that now is going to be quite tough, even for the ANC and even with a big budget. And it's definitely something to watch. Um, I think, you know, turnout is going to be really important. Uh, there are a lot of ANC supporters who there and this has you know been traditionally the pattern who don't necessarily want to vote for the opposition the opposition has been demonized in their eyes but they're not particularly enthusiastic to vote for the ANC and if that if a lot of those people stay home it's going to boost the opposition quite a lot if they can get their people out um, I, I, so I think you know it's a cliche in election analysis to say it's all down to turnout but I think this election in a very big way will be all down to turnout um, at the end of the day that uh, comment you made about shoe drives, that's because in the, the pre-show chat we were talking about, uh, and this is a story I don't think we're going to cover today, but um, the murder of a Joburg water official um, and, the, and the injuring of, a, uh, uh, of an ANC chief, or the ANC chief whip in the city of Johannesburg. Very disturbing political violence um, event. But uh, a sort of less examined part of that story is what they happened to be doing when this attack, this assassination attack occurred. And it seems as though Joburg Water was handing out school shoes in an ANC ward, which, you know, you could say, okay, there's reasons for that. I mean, you know, poor kids need school shoes, but uh, that also sounds awfully close to using state resources to campaign. Um, and I have no idea what the speeches were inside that hall, but I have a sneaking suspicion I've, I've, uh, that they were, shall we say, um, directed in a certain political party's direction. But uh, that's speculation on my part. I wasn't there. Um, okay, let's move on to our next topic. And this is a discussion about the opposition prospects. And it, it does look like the multi-party charter. This is the alliance of the DA, the uh, IFP, the Freedom Front Plus, the ACDP, and a number of other parties. Um, who have much sort of lessened their rhetoric. There's a little bit of talk of them trying for national government for a coalition, but uh, I think the polling is suggesting that that's not going to happen. So they seem to very much be beating the drum of taking control of two of South Africa's most important provinces, that being KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng in next year's election. Um, the uh, Freedom Front Plus CEO uh, said that 
Jacob Zuma's political defection from the ANC would help the charter, particularly in KZN, and that he believes that the multi-party charter would have a very good chance of grabbing KZN and Gauteng from the ANC. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this. Firstly, John, I'm not sure if I entirely agree with the idea that Jacob Zuma's uh, party's formation will prevent the ANC from getting into government, in, particularly in KZN, not because it won't take votes from the ANC, but rather because it's almost certain to go into a coalition with the ANC. Yeah, so I think the the comments that we're, we're speaking about now really are once again a projection of confidence. You know, so as the MPC, you're trying to get your voters to believe uh, that your party or your parties uh, can take over government. Uh, that's what, what you have to do. Um, but that's the political communication. On the other hand, of course, you've got the reality of the matter. Um, I think in Gauteng, polling is showing the DA and the ANC uh, pretty similar levels. That's that's interesting. Um, the question then becomes, if, if they do come out in the mid-30s, for example, who will they be able to go into coalition with? So maybe in Gauteng there's an option, and I think that action as A's role it's probably going to be quite important in Gauteng especially. Um, so that's probably going to be the the game changer, um, possibly, in Gauteng. In KwaZulu-Natal, the game changer could be MK. It's a, it's a bit hard to tell because it's such a new party still at this at this stage. But if it does manage to attract quite a few votes, um, I agree with you that it's hard to say that that is going to be the benefit of the MPC necessarily because... Um, the the one option is the one you describe, which is that MK you know goes back in with the ANC after the election um, and they form a majority. And I don't think that's that unlikely. Um, it would be quite a, a neat solution for the ANC in a way because they know they've got a KZN problem. Uh, they know they're sort of battling to to uh, to maintain the confidence of the voters um, after you know years of of bad performance. But making those disgruntled voters go to MK. Uh, leave their votes there, and then bringing them back into the fold would actually be quite a smart thing to do. Um, and I don't think this is, you know, by design. I don't think it's a conspiracy or anything like that. But it is a, a way of of getting things to play out in a way that is to your advantage, if that is the way it should happen to play out. The other question is going to be the IFP as well. Um, so, you know, does does MK take votes from the IFP, uh, thereby weakening the most important MPC partner in that province? I think that's another possibility. I think there's some polling going on in KZN at the moment, uh, specifically targeting the MK question. So in a couple of weeks or so, we'll probably have some results on on what the support levels are, what the awareness levels are of, of, of MK, uh, and then we'll be in a better position to comment on what impact it may have on those elections. Nick? Yeah, I, um, I, I'm very fascinated to see what those polling results will say because uh, as you say the MK party is very um, bit mysterious now um, as uh, as you say I think the IFP and we've talked about this on the show before I think when the first episode we did on the MK is that the IFP does have something to worry about from the MK party firstly it's got Zuma who does have still uh, residual popularity in KZN it's the only province where people sort of like him um, also it, it if you look at the MK party's messaging it's very sort of kind of old school law and order traditionalists there's an appeal to sort of religion and 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 like strong uh, law and order stuff i mean jacob zuma uh, said during his campaigning that criminals have too many rights um whether that's true or not and as i said before 
he would know. Uh, this is, you know, something I think that fishes in the IFP's pond in particular. So, Mlondi, you know, you're, a, I think you're currently um, in KZN and you are, you know, you, you come from, you, this, it's your home turf. Um, what's your sense of how the election is shaking up there? Have you heard much talk about the MK party? Yes, Nick, well, unfortunately, um, I'm in KZN and I was born and bred here. But yeah, so uh, definitely I think the MK is, you know, kind of entering the the political turf here, but I don't think it'll get a lot of uh, votes. I estimate maybe around about 5%, which is kind of huge for a new party, but maybe below, it could be below. But uh, I think that the MK definitely has a role to play, but uh, it's pretty much concerning because people that, I think people that would have gone and was for IFP that were fed up with the ANC are now saying, oh, wait, look, we don't have to vote for the IFP if the MK is here. So I think there might be some deflection from the IFP while those that would have voted for IFP are now going to the MK. So yeah, it's a bit concerning, but I really do hope that the uh, you know, that the multi-party charter can still pull through, which I think is still possible because people aren't fools. You know, We see what's happening here. You know, uh, For example, there was a protest in uh, Phoenix just, uh, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, where people were 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 protesting uh, about, I think it was water and electricity. So I mean that the problems mm. are there, and also our beaches also are aren't still safe. So there's a lot of issues, you know. There's a lot of issues that people aren't happy about, which I think that they would want to express, you know, their dis their dissatisfaction by voting for another party. Yeah, I think I think the water shortage stuff, which has been going on in in uh, Durban, is really not. Uh, not going to be working in the ANC's favor. What's interesting about KZN, though, is that it's such a fractured province um, in terms of new parties. I can't remember the exact number, um, but when you look at the Durban City Council, the number of political parties that have at least one seat is huge. I think it's the biggest in the country. is um, something like 16 or 17 parties. And so, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, some of those parties managed to nab at least one seat in the KZN legislature. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of um, parties like uh, the Abantu Bato Congress, um, the African Transformation Movement ATM, uh, sort of African Independent Congress, parties like that, all managing to get, you know, a little bit of a thing there and then becoming the swing votes in <laughs> in that in that province, which all create a provincial administration that's probably just as chaotic as the city administrations of many of our municipalities have been. I don't know. John, uh, what do you make of that? Um, what, what are your final thoughts on this topic? Well, one issue that we've been asking ourselves, I think, within the IRR is whether MK will be able to set up structures sufficient to attract votes and, and, and be functional. And I think we're not really seeing that very much at the moment. They seem to be uh, explicitly distancing themselves from formality <laughs> and from announcing candidates, uh, you know, and, and creating the kinds of things you need to conduct an election. So one possibility would be that they take over branches wholesale. Um, you know, maybe there are some ANC branches that'll just wander over across to MK and say, now we're an MK branch now, possibly. Uh, but on the whole, it does not bode well, I think, for governance uh, in KZN, if, if MK is involved, if their governance is of the same flavor as their campaigning and their setting up of party structures, uh, it's going to be pretty chaotic. Um, so that's that's not a not a great prospect. So I wonder. I also wonder if it's going to be a one-seat party. You know, it's going to be like a, a flash in the pan, a tiny little thing uh, that disappears soon. 
or is it going to attract quite a few votes uh, and maybe maybe have an impact? T uh, tough to tell at the moment, but uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Nick, mm, I agree. It's definitely um, uh, very much an unknown. Like I said, I'm very fascinated to see what the polling uh, ends up saying about this. All right. Um, very briefly, let's just touch on a one more story about KZN, and this is that there was a motion of no confidence in the Etekwini Municipal Council, in which the big parties in opposition, or in sort of opposition, the, the uh, DA, the IFP, called a vote of no confidence in the mayor. Um, I believe they were supported by the EFF. I'm not 100% sure from the reporting. Uh, but ultimately, the vote failed due to the defection of many of those very small parties I was just talking about. Um, and it does concern of raise the question at, uh, uh, to, to ask, I mean, the, you know, the, the IFP and DA were very upset about this, saying the IFP accused the small parties of being bribed by the ANC because um, apparently they'd had a five-minute caucus break just before the vote and then suddenly switched their votes. Um, the DA was very uh, uh, aggressive, saying that uh, they had sold out their communities and that they had inflicted the ANC upon them. Um, the ANC and its allies in council uh, described this as nothing but a case of sour grapes. One of the ANC's elect, uh, a party, a small parties um, on their side said that they agree that the ANC is doing badly, but that the IFP and DA were trying to take over Durban through the back door. And Londi, my question to you is, considering how chaotic that city council is, is it even worth the DA and IFP trying to take governance of that city over? Yeah, Nick, well, I'll say no, it's not worth it. I think it's just like rather wait for 2026 because, I mean, it's too chaotic at the moment. And also governing through a, you know, through a, what do you call this? It's a coalition that's not really 50% plus one. So it's called a, it's called a minority coalition. Sorry about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just not going to be, you know, uh, sustainable. So I guess that the best thing that they should do is rather wait for, for 2026. I know it's not, an, you know, like a massive, a bit far, but you're, you know, like we're almost there and things are a bit chaotic. So it's just going to work out, you know, rather just like, start, you know, uh, you know uh, start like in a clean manner and take it from there. John, do you agree? Uh, yes. And the danger I see here is the, the political class sort of drifting away from the electorate. You know, as, a, as a voter, you look at this and you're like, you know, I just need to sort out my own life without reference to these guys um, and gals. Um, and that, I mean, that's a problem. And I think that's happening in Johannesburg as well. You know, there's people are really fed up with the governance, with the turmoil, the chaos, the non-delivery. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's a disconnect that's growing and becoming stronger. I think bigger than just people getting fed up is just that the news has become so complicated and the coalitions have become complicated that a lot of people who don't really pay attention to politics, literally, it's it's not that they've become fed up and are no longer paying attention. It's that it's too confusing to actually follow unless you sort of delve into it. And as a result, you know, uh, a lot of people I talk to in Joburg who are sort of reasonably well-informed or just kind of confused about who exactly is running the government right now in Joburg. Yes. Even though the, the ANC, EFF, yeah, exactly. even though the, the ANC, EFF, uh, PA, Al Jamaha coalition is, uh, it's been in power now for, what, you know, at least a year, but it's, it's still sort of a lot of residents of Joburg are like, who, what, huh? <laughs> I think uh, that also has been part of why people are getting a bit switched off by all this is because they just can't follow it. But anyway, um, that is all the time we have for today. We hope you found this show interesting. 
And we will be back next week with The Daily Friends Show. Have a great weekend, everyone. Cheers.